Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, December 17th, 2021. And we're moving through the week and the month and the year. We've moved pretty fast with the whole year. It's gone by so fast for me. And Christmas is only a week away. So I'm guessing that you're going to be shopping this weekend. Hopefully, lots of shoppers because retail sale numbers weren't so good for November. They weren't so good. I mean, they were still there, but much less than them than October which is unusual. Usually it builds and gets better going into the Christmas season. So hopefully they'll be out there shopping this weekend. Um, and of course, there still may be things you need to accomplish before the end of the year. And that's regarding your financial situation, your investments, your portfolios. Hopefully you've rebalanced or you're going to at least start that process and get it done before the end of the year. You got two weeks left. And the week between Christmas and New Year's is usually a shortened week. So, you know, and even next week, uh, you know, the week before, the, I think Christmas is on a Saturday, let me check. So that means on Friday is, uh, yeah, so Friday is Christmas Eve next week. So that day will be a holiday. Then the following Friday will be another holiday for New Year's Eve, because New Year's is on the 1st, so it's on a Saturday too. So. Just make sure you get your 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 financial house in order before that. Okay, so on this podcast, uh, we operate with a philosophy and uh, our mission statement every day: independent thinking and shared success with our clients and with you, our audience. And this is our assurance that we're going to provide you with factual information, which we do. We we buy a lot of data at KPP Financial. We use that data for investing. And I share some of that data, not all of it, because, you know, there's a lot of data to share uh, with you on the radio show and podcast. So that's what we do. And I will be, we will be accurate in the numbers that we have. Now, can the numbers themselves be inaccurate? Yeah, because we're buying this data from, you know, Standard & Poor's, Morningstar, you know, from different kind of producers and the estimates that they use for next year's earnings and next year's sales and next year it's all estimates they're all estimates but i can't give you the facts of the past up until the estimate for next year and it always makes it complex because investors trade on what they see coming in the future they don't trade on what is now so therefore they're using those estimates which could be inaccurate and i'm using them too when i talk to you 
That's how that's how this game works. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to get contact me with your financial investment questions. And you can do that by calling our phone number. That's always the same. We're live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And and you can leave a question if after the show, and we call it our voice bank, and we'll play your question on the next show or two so that you will get an answer. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to the first listener line question. What would be your valuation on NVIDIA? I'm looking to buy this. I'm looking for a good entry point. Thanks, guys. Okay, whenever you call about a stock, it would be very helpful uh, if you NV, NV, if you give us a symbol. NVDA is NVIDIA Corporation because we have to look it up. Okay, it doesn't take long, but it takes a few seconds and that slows down the show. So NVIDIA, symbol NVDA, designs graphic processing units used in personal computers, workstations, game consoles, and mobile devices. They are a shoot, $695 billion company. Huge company, right? Huge. Stock is selling, selling for $278.01 a share. $278 a share. They're going to make $5.15. That's the estimate per share next year. The estimate for this year is $4.34. They made $2.50 last year. So they're doubling their earnings. Okay, doubling their earnings. that And the sales grew 50% in the most recent quarter, and ha- that was the weakest quarter in the last year. So that's the weakest quarter, 50% in the last quarter. So obviously the stock is pricey, okay? Because, because you know, when you have that kind of sales growth and doubling of earnings and in two years, your stock is going to be pricey. Everybody wants that kind of company, right? And if you divide $278 by $5.15, which is next year's earnings estimate, you get a PE of 54, 54, 54. Now, this five-year per PE range for this company is 16 to 89, so it's kind of right in the middle. Uh, return equity is 43%. Cash flow is $11.90. They don't have a lot of debt. Mutual funds are buying this. There's 500 more mutual funds than a year ago that owned this company. So it's a popular company to own. Would I buy it? No, I would not. Why? Because it's already had a huge run, and I would want to see weakness. Now, it looks like it got up to $346, and now it's 278 it looks like it's making a correction now. Now, if it holds this area on a chart, $278, about 275 to 280 is a good buy point. But it's still a very expensive stock. I'd much rather get it around 230 Okay, that would be 230 235 in that range. That would be the ideal buy point for me. Okay, and that's NVIDIA, everybody. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. As you, uh, you know, our number has never changed. We've been, that number's been there for 20-something years. So all you do is plug it into your head, and, you'll, and no matter when the question comes into your mind to ask, you can use it because it will always work. I have some things I want to talk about today. Uh, our uh, main uh, talking point we're going to discuss is 
about uh, auto uh, electric vehicles and the switchover from internal combustion engines to electric engines and the cost to the manufacturer, the OEMs of the vehicles out there. Okay, so I want, I want to talk about that before the end of the show. Um, also, I have about four other things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Fed to increase pace of tightening. We know that they said that that was out in their recent statement. but And they said they're going to raise interest rates next year. But what would prevent them from doing that? Okay, so I want to talk about what is the likelihood of them raising it. Because I think that's pretty difficult for them. And they even mentioned the year after that they're going to raise it three more times and all a quarter point each. I think that's almost impossible, impossible for them to do that. I want to talk about McDonald's Corporation a little bit. Just gives you some factoids about McDonald's. And what you have to do to save $2 million. And why did I pick $2 million? Because Schwab 401k members say that's how much they need to retire on. So what do you got to do to get to $2 million? Okay, that's going to be my talking points today. So how did the market do? Well, not too good. The Dow was down 532 points, and you would think, man, that's a lot. But the NASDAQ was only down 11. Kind of a switch. Usually the NASDAQ's more percentage-wise than the Dow, but this time hardly, yeah, NASDAQ was almost almost got back to break even. And the S&P, though, still weak at shrinking 48 points. So the market that was weak, it has been weak all week, all week, right? I mean, it started before the Fed meetings and market kind of sold off. And then the day of the Fed meeting, the market turned around and actually ended up, you know, a positive day. Not a lot, but it was down that day. And then yesterday and today, the investors decided, well, I guess that's not so good news what the Federal Reserve said. Or maybe they saw the inflation news and said, you know, we still have a lot of problems with inflation. Or maybe they saw the new COVID cases and they decided that that wasn't good news. One of the, one or all three of those things have been the cause. Okay? We're headed into a quick break. It's Friday. Call me with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Best Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. I'm about P.E. ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. I wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a rollover for 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. down the days 
first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi there. I have a question about the Danta Limited, B-E-D-L. I had a very small position in it that I took in May. And then by about September, it seemed to drop off my Ameritrade app. It was still showing, but no information or details about it. And having looked into it, it seems as though it delisted itself. And I just wondered what my options were now that I have these and they're not listed on the New York Stock Exchange. I don't know if they will go to OTC or I'm just not sure what I can do with them. Should I, I guess I should just hold on to them. But I was just interested to see what that process was and what may have caused it and what my options are for those shares that I have. Thank you so much. So whenever you have a company that's listed on exchange, a New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, and it then is delisted, meaning it's no longer trading on those two exchanges. It goes to the pink sheets if it's still a valid company. Now, one of the reasons it may not be traded on those two exchanges is because it went bankrupt and it's completely gone. But generally speaking, they get delisted by the exchange. The exchange can delist any company they want because they have certain rules that if those companies don't fit those rules, they don't get to be on the exchange. And the rules are, of course, using uh, 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 the general gap, general accounting uh, uh, principles. But they also have to be have so much liquidity. They have to have a certain minimum price in the stock. If they fall below that price, they can be delisted for that. On and on and on. There's things that they have to comply with. And so that comp- when the company get- is delisted, it goes on what, on what I said is the pink sheets. And you cannot long, you can no longer see, it's no longer visible to you. Now you can call up your broker and ask them what's it trading at, and you can buy and sell it, but it's going to be a phone call, and it's going to be more expensive, usually it's more expensive to uh, trade because it, because it takes more effort. It's not electronic anymore. Okay, so, um, well, it could be electronic, but it takes more effort. It's phone calls and people back and forth. So that's your option, you know, to to uh, call your broker and see what's happening with it. He will look into it or sell it if that's what you want to do. My focus point today, based on the story, uh, Salientes warns the EV cost burden is beyond the limits for most automakers. So this this is, this is the CEO of a European Salantis company. The world's sixth largest automaker says electrification would bring bring 50% additional manufacturing costs compared with those of conventional vehicles. So what he's saying is, he's saying, how is that extra 50% cost to manufacture all these electric vehicles going to be defrayed? Because most middle-class people, he said, or many of the middle-class income earners, don't don't have the money to pay for the electric vehicles costs so the profit margins will be squeezed for the auto companies but they still have these huge costs that they have to they have to uh, carry 
and they're being forced politically by it in some ways, not necessarily by supply and demand in the public. So his point is there's going to be a lot more damage to the economies of the car makers because they're going to have to lay off a lot of people. That's what he's saying. they got to get the costs down somehow. That's one of the ways they're going to do it. Unions are not going to be happy. We're heading to the break. I always enjoy your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, on Friday, I take time to uh, fit in a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers for the week. So here's what they are. The two-year Treasury yield was at 0.64%. That's how much it's paying per year for two years, 0.64%. And to give you a little perspective, last week it was 0.66, a little bit more last week, so it came down. The 10-year Treasury yield is 1.4, okay, 1.40. Last week it was 1.463, so it was a little bit more last week also. So the yield spread is still healthy, okay, it's not unhealthy. Uh, it's not, it's no longer expanding, it's Probably on the process of contracting. We'll see. We'll know more after a few more weeks. We'll get a better look at that. Gold is priced at 1803 per ounce. Last week it was 1782. And some of that might be because of inflation news was more. I, I'm, I, you know, we had a, we called, we made it, we did not call, have a correct call at the beginning of the year. If you're listening to the show at the beginning of the year, I said, I think gold would have one more run up this year. And I thought it would go over $2,000 an ounce. And it did not. Got up to 1800 and something and that's it. So, you know, we are a little off. And the reason I said that is because I felt that this year we were going to have increased inflation. Well, we did. But but the dollar also got stronger, so so it didn't kind of play out like most inflationary times do play out with gold rising quickly, and we didn't get that. So and now I think inflation is peaking, so I'm not so convinced of my gold positions anymore. I have to rethink that. The national average for a gallon of regular gasoline, because oil a barrel went to seventy dollars and eighty one cents, down from seventy eight fifty two but up from two weeks ago at $66 a barrel, so it's still pretty darn high. So oil, gasoline, 331 is the national average, up a couple pennies. I'm, I'm sorry, down a couple pennies, not much of a move. Ta- Texas today, uh, gas was, um, um, oh, gosh, my computer just went airwire. That number's down there. Uh, uh, California, here it is. California, it was averaging $4.66. Last week, it's $4.68, so down $0.02, two cents. Uh, comparison, Texas, at their pump, $2.90. Pretty low in Texas. That's Maybe that's why everybody's moving to Texas. Gasoline is real cheap there. 
We still, we all remember electric cars only make up two, three percent. I mean, I realize electric cars of our entire fleet, two, three percent of our entire fleet across the United States, and I realize they're getting more and more popular. But it's going to take a long time, long time for them to get to be, you know, a, a significant amount of the of the of the automobile fleet of the United States. Meanwhile, we're going to rely on gas. Okay, here on KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. I think I've mentioned that many, many times. What does that mean? That means I will be, I own and buy the same things I do for myself as I do for our clients. That's what that means. Okay, shared success. So anyways, we also provide unbiased answers to your questions. So here, here's one that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin or Steve, a longtime listener. My name is Timothy from Los Angeles, and I have a third of my retirement portfolio in American Funds ANWPX. I've been holding this for exposure to large growth fund with international exposure. I'm wondering if it's something I should hold on to or switch to something lower cost like VT for that type of exposure. Uh, look forward to your answer. Thank you. I want you not to think when you say lower cost, you're obviously talking about the price of the mutual fund because it's American funds, new perspective funds. And the cost of that fund right now, the NAV, is $64.27. And you're saying to me that I maybe I should get out of it and get to a lower cost fund. That's not how you look at it. That's incorrect. Because what you're doing is you're saying just because it's at $64, you're saying that it's expensive. No, that's not true. Because it's gone up from a low point, you know, to that number, that means it's very successful, not that it's expensive. And it could not necessarily be expensive based on the companies it owns and the valuations of those companies in that fund. So now, it could be that it's expensive based on the valuations of the companies they hold. Okay, but you really don't look at the price of the fund or the price of the ETF and say it's expensive just because it's high price. High price or low price, it does not matter on a mutual fund and an ETF and not even on a stock. It all depends on the earnings of the company or companies they own. So I, my suggestion would be go to Morningstar.com. See what their average PE is, or the average PE of the fund, and find out what their average hold. What are the top ten holdings, and how expensive are they? How much are? What percentage of those top ten holdings are a part of this fund? And all those ten, top ten holdings expensive or not? Compare this fund with other funds in its peer group. That kind of thing is what you got to do. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need remains the same. You have to be vigilant. So. You will have financial investment questions. I know you do. The phone lines are open, and you can call me, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program. 
for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with Audio Companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. We're counting down the days. New Year's Eve will be here soon. 2021 will be in the record books as we start a new year. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to our friend Art Mendel Park. Hi, Art. How you doing? Good, Steve. How are you? I am good. Happy thanks. Holiday. You too, and thanks for calling. I do appreciate it. Yeah, Steve, I have a question on um, whether or not to uh, partially pay uh, my mortgage off since I got a uh, significant amount of um, cash available, and I'm only getting like uh, less than 1% letting it sit in the, uh, the bank. And um, I was just wondering... Uh, if that's a good idea, because uh, my current um, interest is at 
just over three, I think it's three and three-eighths or some, somewhere in that neighborhood. How close are you to retirement, Art? I'm, I'm already retired. Okay, then I would probably take the extra money and pay off the mortgage if I'm in retirement or close to it. And that way I never have to worry about it again. And, you know, I don't have to make the payments anymore. You probably don't need the write-off anymore, right? Right. So that's not a benefit to you anymore. And uh, you're, if you're sitting on cash and it's only it's making so little, you know, if you, why pay 3% if you're only making 1% on the cash? Now, of course, you could take more risk with that money, invest in the stock market, but then when you're in retirement, y'all the young people don't understand this, but when you're in retirement, you know, you don't want to risk a lot of money in the stock market. You want to, you don't mind risking some, but you know, you know, you don't want yeah. that's, that's the reason why um, I wanted to pay down the mortgage. And yeah. uh, I also had a question on um, if there's a lump sum payment, like let's say uh, my, my principal is like only a thousand a month. Mm-hmm. Will the, um, the, the whole amount uh, that I put into it uh, go into the principal? So yeah. that, that has shortened the, the, the time frame of the loan. Correct. Yes, it, it, it will. It, it, if you put a big chunk down, uh, they still you still have the same payment, but now you you'll be paying it off a lot sooner because you put a big chunk down. Okay, so that's how that works. All right, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Susie in San Jose. He wants to talk about silver. Susie, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I just want to know what your thought about silver, uh, specifically position SLV. I. You know, all year long, I liked gold and silver because I felt inflation was going to be high and that would drive both these precious metals up, and it didn't. It didn't. It's just kind of sitting there like a lump, dead money for the whole year, which has been pretty disappointing for me. Um, Will silver have a run-up? I thought it would run up with inflation, and it didn't. So I'm thinking maybe it's time to move to something else. Uh, that has a better shot at giving me a return. Okay, so uh, I, I like silver because it has more uses than just gold because people use, use silver in different manufacturing processes. You do a little bit with gold too, but more so in silver. But I don't think it's going to have, you know, it might get back up. SLV is selling for $20.68. It might, you might get it back up to $23, $24. I mean, but I think that's it. I don't think it has a lot of potential on the upside now that inflation, I think, is peaked. Now, inflation takes off again, going from 6% to 8%. Yeah, silver and gold are going to do great, usually speaking. But I don't think that's going to be the case this coming year, Susie. But I think I'd look for a place to exit my silver, and I don't think I'd buy any this year, this coming year. Thank you for the call, Susie. Let's go to Jeffrey in El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, Boston Properties, ticker Bravo X-Ray Papa. Uh, it's a New England-based uh, REIT, and it's been kind of trading flat in, like, the 110 range. I was wondering if you think it has any uh, upside left to it. Okay. Let's take a look at it. This is a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, and we've talked about that many times, but simply be- REITs are in the in the property business some way, and to qualify for a REIT, you have to pay 90% of your earnings out on the dividend to the shareholders. And if you do that and you qualify, you don't have to pay income tax from a corporate income tax. You don't have to pay that. Okay, as long as you give out the earnings to shareholders. 
in 90% of the earnings. So this is a REIT that owns and develops hotels, office, and retail properties in New York, Boston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. It makes money. It's going to make $4.42 this year. That's the estimate. It made $6.29 last year. And the year before, it made $7. So earnings went down, are going down this year. Then it's going to rebound next year to $5.07. But that gives it about a, what, a 20 PE at 114, you know, 22, 23 PE. That's expensive. By the way, it pays a 3.4% dividend. The PE range is 10 to 24 in the last five years, so it's near its high. I don't care for that. Return on equity is not bad at 15%. Uh, sales growth is increasing in single digits, 5 to 10%. And if you bought it for the dividend, the dividend is secure. I don't see a problem with that. But I don't think this will ever go above about 124. That's a top. I think it's more likely it might go back to 120. And that will be probably the top, okay? And the low is about 105. So you're right in the middle of that range right now. So you have to decide if you just want to live with the dividend because you're not going to get a lot of upside potential. You're not. Okay, Jeffrey? Appreciate the call. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today and will begin and will be distributed tomorrow to all subscribers and, of course, our clients. In the market conditions section, I explained we had two days here with lots and lots of lots of economic news come out. Now, uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, uh, th- Wednesday and Thursday, Monday didn't have much. Today we had money had nothing. Today had nothing. Everything else came in between. So uh, the Fed meeting was this week, and I talked about that and what they decided to do. And I mentioned, I'm sure Justin's mentioned, and I mentioned it. I just want you to know it's very important what the Fed does because they influence interest rates. And interest rate movement affects the economy. The economy, whatever is happening in the economy, affects corporations' profits, and then that affects stock prices. So it's tied. You have to learn how it's tied, the time delays between the information, and all that kind of stuff. You have to learn all that. And I'm willing to teach you, but you have to learn it if you're going to manage your own money. You have to know what it means. So the Fed met today, and they are tightening. They doubled their tightening. In other words, I know this is confusing, but in other words, they stopped, they they reduced their buying bonds and the marketplace, mortgages and bonds, by double what it was before. By the way, that's still very small, still very small. But obviously, they're going in that direction, tightening money supply. That's the important thing that you have to understand. They're tightening money supply, reducing some money out of the system. We've been flooding money in the system for several years, just flood, 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 to try to get us through this COVID thing, try to get us through, you know, and and maybe it worked, maybe then you know, one never knows, really. But it looks like it did. And now they're going to take some of that money out. That's what they said they were going to do. And they're not talking about raising interest rates now, but they're going to raise them rate next next year. And the only rate they affect, they can raise, is the overnight rate. That's the rate they charge, they meaning the Fed, charges banks to borrow money from the Federal Reserve. All other interest rates are driven by market forces, supply and demand. 
But the Federal Reserve influences those rates a lot. What happens with them is influenced by the Federal Reserve. So I talked about that a little bit in the main section there. And I talked about COVID and, you know, the three things that I'm, you know, that are driving the market, uh, uh, inflation, COVID, and the Fed. So on um, Thursday, we had a positive surprise from the housing market. Housing starts rose to 1.68 million from 1.5 million. That was surprising. And, but more importantly, uh, more importantly, um, 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 permits were higher. Permits, building permits, 1.71 million. Okay, and that was up from 1.65 million in November. So just, I mean, in October. So November was a pretty good number for housing, so for the new builders, new construction, pretty good. In the portfolio management section, I talked about proper management of a portfolio. I gave you some rules of managing your portfolio. How much should you own in each individual stock of your portfolio? How much should you have in any particular sector? Okay. Um, when, um, what company should you your portfolio be consisted of mostly? And I'm talking in that case, make sure your companies make money. The, your portfolio should be full of companies that make money. You know, you taking a shot at a company that's a story stock, in other words, they don't, have, they don't make money, you should do that once in a great while. It, that's the rarity, not the norm. Okay, so people try, try to guess which is going to be the next Microsoft or or Tesla, or Google. They're trying to guess. It's impossible to do that, people. You can't do it. It's like lottery. It's not possible. So, But it is possible to manage and grow your portfolio. Okay, so that, just some of the rules are in that section. Stock ideas. A company in, a, um, uh, in, a, in the financial area, savings and loan kind of company, big bank, uh, that's one of the stocks that I put in there. Um, and it's fairly valued and it has room for to, to increase in price. But, and I looked at a company uh, is engaged in the design, manufacturing, sale of firearms, mainly to the American market. It, the company had two reportable operating segments, firearms and castings. So I thought those... Two stocks are decent choices. Now, those are ideas. They're not stocks you should go out and just buy. I'm not, not that's not the suggestion. The suggestion is put this on your watch list and see, um, take, do your own research and decide what you think. Now, you can subscribe to the KP Premium Newsletter at investtalk.com. You can try it and, you are, and if you, you can try it. And if you're not satisfied, you can cancel anytime you want. Now, let's pivot back to the Investor Voice Bank again for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Uh, I was calling about Target. I see it's dropped down a little bit. I was wondering if this is a good time to pick it up. I don't own it. Thank you for your help. Okay, Target has done very well in recent years. I mean, you go back to 2018, it was a $60 stock, and today it's 223 Okay, uh... Now, it has topped around 260, it looks like. Let's take a look. I'm, I'll give you some more some stats in a minute. I'm just looking at a chart. Yeah, it's, 268 was its peak. 
uh, and it's fallen off since that peak, uh, and that was in November. And so now it's 223. So it's still falling, and probably because the weaker um, retail sales numbers didn't help, right? I mean, you know, Target has 1,900 stores, superstores, city Target stores, offering general merchandise. They're growing uh, their sales about 10 to 13%, down from 20% just a year ago for four quarters in a row, over 20%. Now it's last two quarters, 10% and 13%. So that's weighing on the company. Growth is slowed. It's still a very good company, but the five-year PE range is 10 to 24, and it's standing at around 17. Um, so I think I think you you wait for more weakness. That's what I think before you pick it up. Only pays a one point six percent dividend, so you can't buy it for the dividend. The dividend's not attracted enough to say I'm going to buy this for the dividend. I'll just hold on to it. No, uh-uh. dividend's not that attractive. So I'm going to say no. I like Target a lot. I'm going to say no right now. Put it on your watch list. Watch it, and if it gets weak enough, what's weak enough? This is the this is an, uh, an issue. What, what you, you know, everybody wants to know. Well, what should I buy it then? At what price? Well, it's hard to know, but I will give you my best estimate. It could stop right here. There's support right around two twenty two, two twenty three. So it could stop right here. The next place is right around two hundred dollars. I would rather be a buyer at two hundred, and if it never gets there, I don't buy it. That's okay. I'll be patient. One thing, if you want to be successful in the market, you gotta be patient. You gotta you gotta be disciplined and you gotta be patient. Most people are too anxious. I wanna get it, I wanna own it. No, 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 no. That's a wrong thinking. You know, being excited about owning it and getting into it right now. No, no, no. Relax. You're you're managing your own finances. You wanna buy at a good price. You know, you do your you analyze it cold heartedly. And make a decision, but n- not try to be biased. Don't let emotions ruin your decision-making process. And emotions are very difficult to wring out. They are very difficult. Okay? Now, <clears throat> McDonald's. Everybody knows McDonald's. Do you know they're the world's largest restaurant? Of course, they're a chain, right? They, have, they, did, a, they, did, they did $109 billion last year. $109 billion. They had 39,680 stores in 119 countries. 60% of their stores are franchises. And they own 50% of the, the real estate and 80% of the buildings. So just the real estate, they, they, they're worth X amount of dollars. Anyways, McDonald's is a very successful chain, the most successful. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. Of course, our work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. 
InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I would like to get your opinion on Old Dominion Freightline. The ticker symbol is O-D-F as in Frank L. Thank you. Okay, Old Dominion, Old Dominion Freight Line, headquarters out of Thomasville, North Carolina, provides less than truckload interregional and national motor or carrier services throughout the United States. Okay, so it's a trucking firm. Um, their earnings are going to go up 54 cent, 54% this year to $8.73, and then next year another 18% to $10.29. So based on 1029, the stock price is $340 a share. So you're looking at a stock that's, you know, 34, 36 PE, not cheap. The range is 15 to 46. So it's up on the higher end of the range. Good return to equity. And this is why this company has been solid. That's why it's been gone up so high. But I think you're too late to the party myself. Um, the return echo is very high at 21%. The cash flow is $7.98. Management owns 5%, which is pretty good for a $39 billion company. And um, funds own about 50%. Mutual funds and institutional investments investors own about 50% of the company. Um, I just think it's too late. I think it's a great company. It's been marching up. But, I, you know, there, I would wait for a pretty good Pullback. I, I think you'll get one sometime in the next months. Maybe, maybe within this year you'll get one. Um, I, I just wouldn't chase it. I don't like chasing stocks performance, and that appears to me what you would be doing. And it looks like it's hitting a little bump in the road at the top. So if it falls back down to like three hundred dollars, I might be interested in that because that's where a lot of support comes in support of the stock. The stock price will likely pause around $300, and it may turn around from there. It could go right through it. That's possible. But, you know, chart reading is not an art, a science. It's an art. So just, you know, but that's a that's better buying point. And, may, you know, you're buying less, not as expensive. Okay? Um, what you have to do to save $2 million, okay, for retirement uh, this was a question asked uh, asked of 401k owners at Schwab. Okay, they they the average answer said they needed about 1.9 million in their retirement account, this retirement savings investment account, to have a comfortable retirement. Now, just give you an idea what that really means. I mean, what do you have to do to get there? Well, you know the market has returned about 9.3 percent over the last 20 years on average. S and P 500. The, major average. So if we just, let's just take a number of 7% return because it's very difficult to match the market. Okay. And let's say you start at 25 years old and you want to retire at 72. So you can see how many years I'm making you work, right? You, and if you take that 7% and I figure out how much money per month you have to put away, it's $453.31. So $453 a month that you had to put away starting at age 25 to age 72 and make sure you get a return of 7% per year, you'll end up with $2 million. Can you do that? Can you put $453 aside every month? Think about that. What's that, 48, 
46,000 a year. Can you do it? 46,000 a year. Put it aside. Not an easy task. Just not. But that's the math. Now, when you're 25, you probably can't do it because that's a that's been more than too much money at that time. But as you wait years, wait, 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 you're gonna have to continue. You're, you're gonna have to put more than that in to come out with that two million dollars. More, more than four four hundred and fifty three dollars and thirty one cents. More. Not an easy task. It's just not. Much easier to get a million though. You can do a million. Pretty easy. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Such a client, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. We would appreciate that. We just passed the uh, 37 million podcast download mark. Pretty happy about that. And we want to thank all our customers, all our listeners, for getting us there. We really appreciate that. Get your free downloads at any time to iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And it's been a thing and share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 